This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we chat with a pair of volleyball players who played a key role in the Bobcats earning a big NASCAC win over the weekend. Plus, our Bobcats of the week come from the cross-country teams as the Bobcats hosted the Bates Invitational on Sunday, with the women winning the meet. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates football team opened the 2023 season Friday night when the Bobcats hosted the Wesleyan University Cardinals at Garcelon Field. Bates, a team with 39 first-year players, gave the visitors all they could handle in a 28-17 loss. Every week during the football season, we sit down with head coach Matt Coyne, who was very encouraged by what he saw Friday night from his young team. First of all, before we get into the game, just take me through kind of the atmosphere of that one, because like I know people get fired up to play under the lights, big crowd, and really a lot of excitement, right? Oh yeah, it was awesome experience. I think uh, for a lot of our guys, you know, they really appreciate the sport from the school, you know, uh, the student body, uh, parents, family, friends, alums, administration. I think it was um, a wonderful game experience, and obviously aided in, in helping us, you know, compete at a high level. And then looking at the team, obviously you got to see a lot of first years get start, see playing time. What was your overall kind of view of what how they reacted to their first game of college football? Yeah, I think it was uh, again. It's a it's a pretty unique experience, you know, heading into a game under the lights and uh, you know having a lot of new faces. Um, I think you know one of the things we talk about with anybody, you know, freshman included, obviously in our situation is um, you know the game experience is invaluable, um, and there's a lot of uh, things you learn throughout that. Um, you can't simulate that in a practice or um, any other situation. So I think for us, I think you know, obviously the ultimate goal is to win, and and losing is is not an easy feeling um you know and we're, we're upset about that and we've already watched that in our 24-hour period um but there was a lot of positives that i took from that game um you know from the physicality standpoint you know we were right there with wesley and they did not match us there um from our ability to bend not break you know defensively we held and you know even looking at that last drive you know just just fighting until the end i think that's something that you can really build off of and it's a uh, you know really good for the culture that we're building here and you know, once those guys see more reps, and uh, they're going to get better. You know, and I think for us, I'm really proud of how they, you know, played against a good team. That's a good team. Well, and the offense for Bates did not turn the ball over at all. Colton did seem like maybe he wasn't on the same page a lot as the receiver. Some of them, I don't know what your evaluation of how he played, because no turnovers, but it did seem like there was some struggles, I guess, passing. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, you know, obviously on both sides of the ball, we're dealing with new faces, um, you know, whole new receiving core, you know, from last year that um, – you know, Colton's still getting in rhythm with, um, you know, I'd agree that, you know, we just didn't have a great rhythm offensively in the first half. Um, and, you know, our special teams, we have to be better there, you know, to flip the field and field position wise, um, you know, but overall, I think, you know, the offense sort of clicked a little bit more in the second half. We were able to move the ball, sustain some drives, you know, give our defense a break. Um, and, and, you know, I think we started to find our way in the game. It's just unfortunately, we just made one or two critical errors um, and spotted them really, you know, a, a couple touchdowns there where that game could have been a lot closer. Well, Ryan Linsky, the first-year running back, how about that? A rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in his first game. Uh, the receiving touchdown, I mean, that, he looked like a wide receiver on that play. Take us through that, how that develops. Yeah, so he's, uh, you know, he's he's got some speed and he can catch the ball. And, you know, we talked about in the preview, uh, you know, when we motion empty a little bit against Wesley and we saw a tendency that they match up a backer on him. And we just said, hey, we're going to take that matchup. Um, and he made a great play on that. Colton made a great throw. 
um, the O-line protected long enough for, for us to get that off. And, again, that's really great to see, you know, a kid in his first game get a couple of touchdowns and sort of get, uh, you know, his feet under him because he's going to be a great player for us down the road here. And Sergio Beltran had a few nice moments as well. It looks like he's going to be an interesting piece there, isn't he? Yeah, Sergio's, Sergio's developing, um, obviously sophomore receiver and, uh, you know, he's got some, some things to him and, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of injury in preseason that he got over and, and we're happy to have him back full go now. And, you know, for us, I think, again, it's just the chemistry. Um, and I think that's one of those things that's really underestimated when you, um, you know, graduate a really experienced receiving core. Um, you know, all four of those guys, you know, three, four, five of them. I mean, you know, they were they were with Colton for a couple of years and now it's, you got to find that rhythm. You got to find your identity. And, and, you know, for us, I think that's what we're going to continue to do this week. And I love talking about special teams with Ruiz, uh, the first-year kicker, 37-yard field goal. That's the longest field goal made by a Bates place kicker since 2017, and he's a rookie. And that must give the offense some confidence that they know that they can score even if they don't necessarily get in the end zone. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Marcos, that's that's huge. He was also 2-2 two two on his PATs. Yeah. And, you know, so for him, like, as a freshman stepping up in that role, I think that's, you know, right before half where we needed some points to get some momentum. Um, you know, I think that was that was awesome to see. And, you know, he's got a mind for it. I mean, he's, he's a special kid. And, you know, again, I think that, you know, we clean up some things on special teams. Some of our snaps were a little bit off, which threw off some timing. And, you know, we didn't flip the field as well as we should have. So I've got to clean that up. And, you know, we just got to get better. But, you know, for us, I mean, the, the, the level of competition, you could see it, you know, the, 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 that we were out there competing and that we were hitting and we were running. And, you know, our O-line, I thought, did a really good job up front, um, you know, especially with the, two of the younger guys up there. I think, our you know, Pete and Cole played a really great game. Um, and we're just going to continue to keep getting back to work and just keep building our identity. Defensively, you touched on this earlier about bend but don't break. It seemed like the run defense was really effective. You outrushed Wesley in this game. Uh, pass defense, bend but don't break, but they did have a couple of receivers who seemed, you know, to be an issue, I guess. How do you kind of balance that in terms of scheming for maybe a star player versus, you know, trying to have a balanced overall, uh, you know, scheme? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things where, you know, for the big thing for us that we wanted to make a change in from last year was our explosive plays. Right. And if you look at it, I mean, out of the 75 snaps, they only had nine explosive plays, which is a great percentage when you look at at it um you know and a lot of those explosive plays were right on that 15 yard mark you know we really only gave up one two plays where you know we had a post ball down there that you know we just didn't get over top of um and then the scramble for the touchdown was only the two like big explosives and and for us when you look at that you know the scramble for a touchdown we have a clear avenue for a sack we don't keep contained it's this close that's seven points um and then you know on the other end you know we had uh, the screen they threw for the touchdown. You know, we had to peel with that, and we should have been had a guy peeling with that running back. Forces a field goal, so that's a 10-point swing, and now you're looking at it at 18 to 16 when we score. Are we going for two? And like, So we're right there, and it's just those critical errors that we have to clean up, but obviously with experience that will change. But ultimately, you know, I felt that, you know, our kids competed their butts off, um, and, you know, we just got to get a little better in areas, and, and we're going to each, each week we keep practicing. You touched on Jackson Collins during our season preview, and it seems like he was in the middle of everything, like he should be as a middle linebacker, right? Yeah, he had a great game. You know, just, uh, you know, watching the film, he's just around the ball. He's just, uh, you know, a hard-nosed player, you know, tackling physicality-wise. And, you know, I think, you know, those guys did a really great job. Um, I thought all, you know, the interior D-line, our interior backers, uh, you know, our overhang guys, like holding a team to 37 carries for 69 yards is not easy. And, you know, for us, you know, that was that was a really bright spot and then something that we're going to continue to build off of um, and continue to clean up. There's still some gap fits we have to clean up, and, and we just got to keep getting better and just get back to work. 
Give me a little scouting report on Tufts, because um, Bates beat Tufts at Tufts two years ago. Tufts got the revenge last year. Now you're playing again at Tufts. I know their quarterback, Berludi, that's, that's a name I'm recognizing, so he's been around a bit. Yeah, Tufts is a very good team, um, and I think it's you know not a question. I mean, I know they, they ran into a, a little bit of a struggle last week against Trinity. You know, obviously, going down there is a tough place to play, but... You know, Berludi's is as good as they come at a quarterback. You know, he's he's a special kid. They have, you know, two really good receivers, um, you know, and Jaden Richardson and Cade Moore, um, a good old line up front. So, you know, we have our challenges cut out for us on the uh, defensive side of the ball and offensively, you know, their defense causes some issues. You know, they do a lot of twisting, a lot of stunting. They, uh, you know, they play a bunch of different coverages, a lot of man-based scheme. Um, so we got to figure out ways to, to get our, you know, players the ball and, and for us, it's really going to be, you know, trying to contain Berluti because he's one of the, you know, I, you know, he's one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and then so it's another challenge that we're ready to go after. And it's going to be a night game down there now and, you know, a great environment for, for us to go into and compete in. Yeah, three straight night games to start the year, it turns out. Uh, Coach Coyne, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. On Saturday, the Bates volleyball team earned a thrilling 3-2 win over NESCAC Folk Connecticut College at Alumni Gym. Junior Katie Kordikos tallied a career-high 14 kills in the victory, and junior captain Chrissy Chu set up those kills with a career-high 34 assists. Chu also added a career-high 14 digs in the win. The dynamic duo joined the Bobcast to talk about the big win and the art of the setter-hitter connection. A couple of juniors join us here on the Bobcast, uh, Chrissy Chu and Katie Kordikos, talking some volleyball. And we got a setter, we got a hitter joining us. And so, obviously, a lot of success there against Connecticut College, a big victory. But, Chrissy, before we get into the details of that match, perhaps, tell me a little bit about how you, as the setter, work with your hitters like Katie and everyone else. Yeah, it's a very important connection that we constantly work on in practice. I'd say it's probably one of the more important ones, of course. And it, it's like an ongoing thing. Sometimes we'll go in for extra reps, like with individual hitters, or it might just be in practice where we just communicate with each other constantly. Our coach, Emily, is always on us about, like, make sure you check in with your hitters, make sure you check in with your setter, make sure you guys are always talking because that is how we are going to earn points in games. And Katie, what's it like working with Chrissy? It's really fun, but I think something about like hitter-setter connection is it's just always something you're going to work at. I think the big part about volleyball is like it's such a team sport, so it really depends on what the pass is like. So really communicating, I think, as a hitter, it's really important to communicate with Chrissy at every single play of what play I'm running. Um, what I'm running, if the pass is perfect, what I'm running, if the pass is off. So I think just like building the connection also off the court where we're friends and like able to have those conversations. Um, so it translates on the court as well. Great. And Chrissy, growing up, when did you decide setter was kind of your best position where you wanted to play? Oh, I've been playing volleyball for so many years. And it honestly wasn't even a decision I made for myself. Uh, my mom has played the sport for her whole life, too. And she was like my coach, like starting in middle, uh, middle school. So she noticed that I had really nice hands. And she's like, you're just going to go in and just set the people. And like, you're going to come out and like, that's it. So that's kind of how that all started. And then club volleyball, that's just been my whole life basically it's just been setter and katie how about for you from a hitting perspective a uh, pretty similar experience my whole family plays volleyball my mom and sisters both played in college um so i was very exposed to volleyball at a young age and i was always a little bit taller so my mom was like 
try hitting and I absolutely love it and outside is a new position that I've kind of took on um, last year and now this year and so being able to pass and hit is something that's really fun in the game. You bring up a really good point I want to ask about because there's different types of hitters. Mm-hmm. Outside hitter, middle hitter, you have the, the right side. So for those who don't know volleyball very well, tell us about the nuances of those different positions kind of. Yes, yeah, so even though it's all hitting, I feel like it's all very different and you only would know that if you know volleyball, but it's a lot for me like the distance of the set. So like for an outside hitter, you deal a lot with timing is a big thing um, because your setter is typically more pushed to the right of the court and she has to push you all the way out so it's definitely more of timing waiting to approach whereas the middle is just super fast like your sets are all very tempo very like you're on your like last two steps to hit the ball and the right side is pretty similar to outside but it's just a shorter distance Uh, so your timing is a little bit different as well but I grew up playing right side middle mostly, so I'm like used to the quicker set. So going back on the left, like slowing things down and remembering timing. So timing is definitely like the biggest difference of hitting for sure. And for you, Chrissy, having to set up different hitters, it's a lot of nuance from your perspective too, right? Yeah, uh, yes, totally. For Katie, she said it's all about position. For me, it's about more of the other side of the court, really. As a setter, it's kind of your job to be in the know of like on not only your side but the other side so a lot of what I do during games and practices and all this stuff is like what's going on on the other side of the court and I also play the strengths of my hitter so if I know that Katie's got a killer like cross-court shot I'm like all right I'm gonna go to my outside but if there's like some kind of weakness in the defense on the other side of court I'll either set my middle fast so they can get a quick swing down or I'll set my right side so they can attack that line you know it's all about strategy for me. So whoever's got the hot hand, I'm going to set. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, Saturday's big five-set win over Connecticut College. Um, you, you had another double-double for yourself with the digs and the sets. And so take us through what was really working for the team and how you were able to come away with a big win there. Yeah. So for that game, we noticed that there was um, a big, nice open spot in like the right back for Connecticut College. So try to play to our strengths with that one. And for um, – our outsides that was like a pretty good shot for them like Katie and like those last couple of sets especially the fifth set like our connection was really good and I every single time I put that ball up I was like I know she's gonna put this ball down and like you can see it like the energy on the court like the energy between us like it was amazing like when I know there's a, a hitter that has a hot hand I was like I'm gonna give them the ball and we're just gonna keep rolling on this high. Great. What allowed you to have that hot hand there on Saturday? (laughs) I think confidence played a huge thing. I'm just, like, going up every single ball. I think something about volleyball is, like, there is going to be mistakes. There's going to be times where you get blocked. But, like, really focusing on not allowing that to affect my next swing. Um, And I think also just really working with like the shots and what I had open um, in the middle of the game they switched to kind of defend my line more so than working the cross court and just like really and then tips to just like really work the um, defenders and get them to look at something different even if the ball isn't down every single hit like you've switched their minds to think oh maybe she will tip and then you hit one so you open up, up for yourself. Great, and you had the clinching kill, right? So what was that moment like being swarmed by your teammates after the victory? <laughs> it was really fun. I think in the fifth set, we it was like 
six, and then I think they came back three points. So we were kind of down, like really just trying to get that last point. So when Chrissy sent me that ball, I was like, "I'm. It needs to be done." So I just really tried everything I could, and it was really fun having the team. Um, we haven't had a NESCAC home game win, so it was really fun just having the team just celebrate and jump on me, and it was it was the best. Awesome. And Chrissy, I mentioned this earlier, but you also had a lot of digs. Yeah. So that's a whole other uh, strategy. That's a whole other technique. Uh, how do you balance practicing you know, offense and defense like that? Uh, as a setter, your job is always defense first, set okay. second. So that's just how all coaches have like been teaching me my whole life and like uh, it's really hard <laughs> for me sometimes I have a little bit of habit to like maybe not play defense as much but you know I'm working on it of course as we're all students of the game still yeah. but um always trying to like make sure that like it's a team sport right so we're all playing different positions we're all we all have our roles on this team and just making sure that like I separate them a little bit so defense first get back to base, be there for my teammates on defense, and then go and set them and start running our offense. So it's a little bit of a quick turnaround, and it is a lot to think about, but definitely just trying to separate it and break it down to steps is how I go about that. And I'm just I'm watching, like, how do you even judge where it's going to go? Like, how do, you, how do you do that from a defensive perspective? That must be really tricky. It is super tricky, but uh, Emily and Allie always tell us to be stopped on defense. So wherever we are on the court, it doesn't matter if we're – front row setting the block or in the back row just playing the defense just always be stopped and always be looking at your hitters and there's a lot of reading and after watching so much film and just playing the game you just start to know and pick up on habits so be stopped read and then just wait and react to the ball great what's it like being one of the captains this year it's been a really great experience like we've had great captains captains before and like even in like at home like it's just I've been so exposed to so much leadership, and I think it's been a really um, great experience working with Julia as well because we've had so many conversations as a team like, over like pre like, preseason and out of season, like so many conversations. We really came in with, like a fresh mindset of like we're gonna work really hard and try to turn around last season, use it as um, motivation to like really step up our game and step up our team chemistry. So it's been a really great experience, and everyone has played a huge part in it. I mentioned earlier you're both juniors, and um, Emily Hayes, your head coach, I mentioned that you sometimes joke with her that she's a junior also. This is her third year as head coach. So, Katie, what's it like been working with her, you know, helping grow the program these last few years? Yeah, it's been really fun. I always joke with her, and I'm like, we're juniors. Um, <laughs> but it's been really fun. I think it was definitely an adjustment not being, like, recruited by her at first. But really just, like, growing this program together has been really fun, I think. I was even thinking about it with a couple teammates, but, like, our freshman year, the team was, like, literally completely different. It's just us really now. So um, just really working on, like, building such a strong team chemistry, and that's really what we've been working super hard at preseason, out of season last year, and just, like, building the freshmen into that um, and just having Emily as just a guide to really, like, building this um, together, which has been really nice because it's just been also a learning experience. Like, we're all learning how to build this um, just kind of from the ground up. So it's been nice having a coach who's, like, kind of in the same grade as you, if you want to call it. <laughs> Great. And this is something I always ask people on the Bobcast, but, like, when you were in high school, what made Bates kind of the place for you for college? For the juniors here at Bates, it must have been a kind of a weird time, right, because of COVID and everything when you were in high school. But take us through kind of your recruiting process and what made Bates kind of where you wanted to go. My sister went to Trinity. She also played volleyball there. So I was very familiar with, like, the NESCAC schools. And I was, like, in, yeah, it was, like, end of 
junior year in the summertime I was like looking at schools I couldn't really visit many places but I was like my mom's like why don't you just like start emailing more more NESCAC schools like just think about it and I reached out to Bates and they got back to me and it like kind of grew into like a really fast relationship and I looked more into like the academics and like the school itself and I drove myself up here with my parents and we walked around and the more I was here on campus and the more I heard about like from previous teammates um, and just the whole community just sounded like so welcoming and just so cooperative like you hear about some other schools and how like students like compete against each other and I, was, I wasn't about that but here at base everyone's like a one huge family and I really love that and means so beautiful so it definitely was something out of my comfort zone but I'm so thankful that I chose this place because it has really become a second home. How about you, Kate? I think you have some nice connections also, right? Yes. <laughs> um, my oldest sister, or older sister played at Amherst. Yeah. Uh, she was a setter there. And, and then my oldest sister played D1. So I was very, like, adverse to the different types of volleyball. And I was more in tune with the Amherst experience of it. Um, and I just heard about Bates through one of my sister's friends who played here a couple years ago. And I really wanted to go to the east coast but i was like maine is too far um so i didn't really look into it at first but then i found out the hitter or the coach was looking for a hitter so i was like my sister was like just send send out an email what's well, gonna do so i was like fine i'll send it out and i came to bates and it was weird COVID time but i was able to meet with the coach and i literally just remember being here with my mom and stepping on campus and I turned to her I was like I'm coming here and she's like whoa slow down like you literally <laughs> just got here but I kind of just knew right away and I love having a different experience I'm from Los Angeles so very different here in Maine but I just fell in love with like the community of Bates uh, all the people here that I've met and now I'm friends with are just like some of the best people and I just I love it it's definitely a second home like Chrissy said as well. Awesome. Well, after a big NESCAC win this past weekend, you have another NESCAC match right away almost. This podcast comes out on Tuesday. You have a, a match on Wednesday there at Colby. What are your thoughts on the you know season going forward? Christy, some you know goals you have as a team to kind of keep uh, you know thin, this thing growing, basically. Yeah, one of our biggest goals is just consistency. I think that there are times where volleyball is such a long game sometimes. Like, soccer, it's time, so you know how much you got left in the game. But, like, volleyball, you can win a set, you can lose a set, and, like, that can – mentally you know have a lot of effect on you as a team so I think our, our major goal is to just be consistent with our energy be consistent in our game and I think that's going to carry us through a lot of tough matches. Hey Katie what's your view on kind of the goals going forward? Yes I think just really going in there with a lot of energy I think when we start off with energy we play really well and if we when we don't we see the lull so I think just kind of getting up there and just playing our game I think a lot of times we kind of mirror what the other team is doing but I think pulling away from that and just playing what we've been practicing and just going in there and I think having a win under our belt has been nice to just kind of like um, amp us up and be like we can win this we can do more so I think I'm very excited to see what Colby has. All right sounds good Katie Kordekas, Chrissy Chu thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Yes thank Thank you. you Aaron. The cross-country teams hosted the Bates Invitational at Roy's Disc Golf on Sunday, with the women winning the event and the men placing a strong second out of six teams. The women's team saw sophomore Elizabeth Holcomb deliver another strong performance, with the 2022 NESCAC Rookie of the Year finishing in second place individually out of 87 runners in the 5K race, with a time of 19 minutes, 7.6 seconds. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. 
Female Bobcat of the Week, Elizabeth Holcomb with us here on the Bobcats talking to women's cross country and a victory for the Bobcats. First place there at the Bates Invitational. And last year it was just against Tufts. This year you had five other teams there. So what was that experience like having so many schools? Yeah, this year, I mean, there was a lot of new stuff to kind of get adjusted to. There was like a, you know, last minute switch yeah. to, the, to the disc golf course, which was, I don't know, something to adjust to. But yeah, there were five other schools there. I found it to be more exciting. I think it was, you know, it meant better competition. And honestly, I think the change of course was kind of a, a happy accident or like a, a welcome surprise. Like I, I really liked the course. And so, yeah, that was good. Well, I was going to say Roy's is very flat and more like the courses you compete on, I understand, during championship season, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, the coaches and the people at Roy's did a ton of stuff last minute and we had like a lovely mowed grass course which is yeah like something that we normally get later into the season um I still haven't raced a proper race at Pineland yet so (laughs) I guess I'm putting it off for another year but um no it was super lovely it was super open um and you know like people were cheering it was just nice you know there were people cheering and you could kind of see them the whole time and I think it was good for runners and good for for people viewing too so yeah yeah i understand the men's race was at noon and the women race at twelve forty-five. Yes. so what was yes. it like kind of gearing up and maybe having the men's race before yours so i normally like to race before the the men's race i think like you know just get it out of my system less time to like worry about things um but I don't know. I think it was it was still good. Like the energy was there. Getting to watch them kick off the season was kind of exciting, and it was like it was good to like watch them and kind of refamiliarize myself with racing before I actually did it. But they killed it. There were some like really impressive impressive performances on on their side of things. So yeah, that was exciting. And I also think as the teams have merged I mean this is the second year that we've been kind of all together um we've I I think especially this year like have just gotten a lot closer and I think I like yeah we're just I'm getting more and more invested in in their their race as well as mine you know so yeah Excellent. Now, you finished second overall, so take us through the race kind of from your perspective. Um, You know, maybe were you running with the person who finished first a lot of it, or how did that kind of go? Um, Oh, gosh. So, I was super nervous going in. I mean, haven't raced a cross-country race in a while, and I don't know, was was nervous about, you know, getting my competitive mindset back. So, I think I definitely, like... I talked with my teammates and we on the line and beforehand and we were kind of like agreeing like yeah we probably want to go out a little more conservatively we said maybe 620 610 pace for the first mile I think we ended up hitting like 610 for the first mile um and I was definitely like wasn't I don't know if I was like fully engaged in that first mile and I was just trying to get comfortable um but yeah I guess we were in a pack of about like 10 15 up there and I was kind of sitting behind my or like right with or behind my teammates um and I'd say like a mile and a half in there was some separation and the pack up front got a little smaller and it was really only like the last 800 where I passed the girl who had been in second I don't 
I don't remember what school she was from. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I felt super strong the second half of the race, which was good. I'm I'm glad that I went out a little more conservatively. I think it was a big confidence booster to like feel strong um, on the second end of the race and like really put in a lot of effort and know that I like had that effort to put in. So and, yeah. And the team won by a lot. Like yeah. that's really cool to see, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was so exciting. I mean. It was exciting last year. I feel like we saw a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of success, and I think there's been a ton of momentum over the summer. Like everyone has been working so hard because obviously, you know, there's there's gaps to fill. I mean, Jill was this like awesome, crazy good runner, but we have a really strong, deep team this year, and I think more than ever, people on the women's side and obviously the men's side too are just really excited to be racing competing and and training hard with each other and so I think at the end of last year I was kind of nervous like oh no all these seniors that I've had so much fun running with and like being competitive with like what am I going to do without them but like there is still a super competitive awesome pack of girls that I got to run with I mean I was running with with Phoebe and Chrissy and Isabel and we were we were definitely pushing each other a lot and so, I don't know. I, I expect to see like a lot from the team as a whole. Like, I think I think we're gonna be. I think we'll be competitive. I think we'll be we'll be we'll be killing it. So yeah. Well, I was gonna mention that because like Joe obviously was a two-time All-American. Yeah. Um, as a first year, you know, being a teammate with her, what, what do you maybe learn from kind of watching her do her thing? Right. I mean, I think what I appreciate so much about her is like how calm and composed she yeah. could stay it was pretty remarkable um yeah. yeah it was I was it was kind of a, it was definitely a bit of a switch like coming into college running and being around all of these like much older people racing and she she was super humble and super just calm and like seemed like she knew what she was doing um so I'm trying to take that into this year. I'm I'm working on it. And she was there yesterday. Oh, nice. So that was, I mean, yeah, that was really, really lovely to see her. We we miss her. So, but she's doing good, good things on her own. <laughs> Excellent. Then um, the main state beat, not this weekend, but the following weekend, yes. right? So up yeah. in Bangor, you raced there last year? Yeah, I raced there last year. I think Bates won that one yep. too. Jill, Jill was kind of out in front. And I, I remember it. I I was kind of like toe to toe with this um, girl from uh, Bowdoin who has since graduated. But yeah, so I'm really excited for this race too. I think I'm hoping we can kind of win as a team, and I think we definitely have a chance to do that. And I think you know this this Bates invite was like a a great opener and has given me a lot of kind of a breath of fresh air and confidence to kind of get after it um, a little more in two weeks. And so, then yeah. after that, you'll move up from 5K to 6K, yes. which I understand you're very much looking forward to. You like 6K? Yes. <laughs> I kind of think, like, the longer the distance, the better for the yeah. most part. I kind of love to let loose them. I in the last K. I think that's something I, I'm pretty good at, I think. Um yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to like see where the other teams in the NESCAC are. I think we placed super well last year at the NESCAC Championships and I think we can 
we can do the same this year. I'm really excited. We've got a really awesome group of women. So, yeah. Yeah, what did it mean to, for you to be Rookie of the Year last year? That, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I, like, really knew that was a thing before, like, before going into the race. Right, like, right. I was just excited to be there. Um, but that was really exciting. I have some confidence going into conference competition but also it's just like I don't know it's reminded that there's still women who are like up there faster than me and I'm hoping that I can contend with them we'll see I think I've hopefully done some done some good training over the summer and this early season so I think I've gotten better and I think everyone else has gotten a lot better too all right, well, we're looking forward to the state meet in a couple of weeks. Uh, Bates victorious at the Bates Invitational. Elizabeth Holcomb, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. For the men's team, senior captain Ned Farrington also placed second individually, running the 8K race in 26 minutes, 2.6 seconds. The Bobcats had three finishers in the top 10 out of 97 competitors overall, and Farrington was their top performer, making him our male Bobcat of the Week. Tell me a little bit about hosting all these schools, because... Last year, we also had the Bates invite, but it was just Tufts. This time, it was Tufts and, and four more. Yeah, no, uh, usually, obviously, a, a lot smaller of a meet, so um, great to get some other schools in the mix. Um, it's always good to have that amount of competition early on in the season, um, really see where you stand after a summer of training. You know, you never really know where those other teams are going to be because, uh, yeah, people put in big summers and sometimes um, pop off in the in the fall. So, yeah, fun to get those teams in the mix. And it's interesting that it was held at Roy's, uh, Roy's Disc Golf because we actually had an article about how, like, the cross-country teams making more of an emphasis of practicing at Roy's at least once a week, Wednesdays, because it is more similar to, like, some of the courses you race in championship season, right? Tell us a little bit about uh, that course and how it very much differs from <laughs> Pineland Farms, right? Yeah, so we're, we're used to starting the season at, at Pineland, which is uh, basically just Nordic trails that um, we run on and. Um, they're a lot harder of a surface, more kind of gravel, um, dirt and, uh, Roy's is actually mostly grass cause it's a disc golf course. So, um, you definitely get a lot less energy return, um, running on a surface like that, but, um, it's definitely good to get on that early in the season, given that, um, Franklin park in Boston, which is our regionals course is going to be almost entirely grass. Um, the nationals course, um, is mostly grass. I'm pretty sure the Nescax course is mostly grass as well. So getting used to that early in the season is, is definitely um, a good thing. Obviously, I would have loved to race at Pineland one more time in my career, but um, no, I, th- I think for experience sake, I-, I think it was actually probably better in the long run that we were at uh, Roy's. Yeah, you made a good point. That was your senior meet, right? <laughs> so what was that like? I mean, did it feel different at all? Yeah, I it, a little bit sad, of course, that that's a, the last home meet I'll race for Bates, but um, yeah, it, I was obviously in my mind, I envisioned running that race at uh, at Pineland, but yeah, in some ways I'm happy I got to race at Roy's. We've been talking about making that the um, home course, maybe for bigger meets, if Bates goes on to host NESCACs or regionals in a few years. Um, and yeah, I never thought I would end up racing there, but I've, I've worked out there a million times, so it was cool to see how it how it raced and I, I really enjoyed it well yeah take us through the race because you got second overall so another really strong performance for you so it was pretty hot out but yeah we, we had a pretty good week of training leading up and it, we kind of got an extra day of recovery from our Wednesday workout um given that the race got moved from Saturday to Sunday so 
Um, mostly everyone was feeling really good going into it. And, um, yeah, the things got out pretty slow. Um, we let some Tufts guys take the lead. And um, Victor, Sam, and I, uh, yeah, worked from the front. And right around the 5K mark, I I made a big move with Victor. We, we started pushing the pace, dropped all the Tufts guys. And, um, yeah, I, I was with David Reynolds from uh, WPI from, like, about the 5K mark um, right until about, like, a kilometer to go. And, um, yeah, he was just a bit stronger than me on the day. But um, <laughs> I'll be looking to get revenge on him later in the season, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. You'll see all these runners at, at some point again, right? Yeah, so all, all those teams are in our region. Yeah. So it's almost like a, a pre-regional meet without, you know, of course, MIT, who's uh, returning national champs. But... Yeah, otherwise, those are basically the most competitive teams in, in the East region. So a little bit of a preview there. Yeah. And you've got the state meet coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend, right? And um, that's always a fun one. Uh, what's it like up there in Bangor, racing there? Yeah, so it's at Saxel Park, which is actually pretty similar to Roy's, mostly mm. grass, um, probably a little bit hillier. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been training on hills so much Um We've been doing a lot of runs at Pineland, and, um, you know, Roy's has its fair share of hills as well. So I think we'll be ready for it um, for sure, especially compared to, you know, I don't know what Colby and Bowden are doing for training, but I know, um, yeah, at least Brunswick is a much flatter area than uh, Lewiston. So I, I'll hope we'll get the advantage there on them. Um, yeah, so Bo- Bowden's looking to be a really competitive team. So we'd obviously love to take the win in the main state meet, yeah. Absolutely. And then you, it sounds like you mentioned this, you, Victor, and Sam, it seems like you three will be running together a lot this year, it sounds like. I mean, what's that group like, a trio, if you will, and Victor being one of your fellow captains also? Yeah, so we're actually all roommates. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we've been great friends since freshman year. So, um, yeah, it's it's really kind of like a freshman dream come true for us to be, like, sharing the lead at the front of races. Um, yeah, basically the way we, we do our race strategies is um, Coach Feldman has us kind of try to stay together through four kilometers and then ideally we stay together through 8k and all come out on top but um yeah we kind of branch off from there but yeah working with your teammates really helps um especially in this race I know Victor had a couple moments where he was running like 10 meters in front of me and I was kind of just chasing him trying to hold on for dear life so I think if he's not there in that situation I probably run a good 10 15 seconds slower so having teammates there with you is is always huge yep and you were a captain last year also, so what do you learn from your experience last year as a captain you're applying as a repeat captain this season? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing I, I've learned is is kind of about trying to settle people's nerves. Um, yeah, cross country is obviously like a, a really terrifying sport when you really think about it. You're going to go out there and suffer for 25 minutes straight. And <laughs> right. I, I think underclassmen, um, that can really get to them. I mean, last year I had a couple of races that were really shaky because the nerves got to me and... Um, I'm just doing my best as a senior to keep things really um, chill, calm people down. Um, you know, we're not we're not doing any um, we're not getting overhyped and doing uh, crazy team huddles and um, speeches beforehand. We're just trying to keep it calm and say, hey, this is just another day out there, and we're just going to go run as hard as we can. So it was real tight with Tufts. Only two points separate these two schools. So, I mean, what do you see from that competition? Because obviously they're a NESCAC opponent, they're a regional opponent, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, going into the race, I thought Bowdoin was going to be the stiffer competition. Mm. Um, they have a lot of really strong runners right now. Um, Tufts definitely had some guys come out of nowhere, and um, I think they're they're obviously going to be a huge threat this year. I, I would say they're probably a 
easily a top two, top three team in the NESCAC right now. Um, I do think our squad was a little bit emptier than theirs. They they had everyone um, that I know of, at least. Um, we have a couple guys, like Aiden Rooney didn't race. He'll okay. be back for main states. Mm. Um, he, he was right behind me in the 1500 in the spring. So right. like, he's obviously going to be um, a huge factor when he comes back. And um, Yeah, our number five was Cal Porter, who's just a first year. Okay. So he'll continue to improve a ton. So I think we, we have a lot more room to improve than Tufts, but obviously – um, you never know how things are going to shake up. I mean, they've gave us a scare at NESCACs two years in a row. So, um, yeah, hopefully we do that to them this time. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. And then, um, obviously, we've talked a little bit about this for some other folks, but obviously the men's and women's teams united under one head coach. This is the second year of this. Uh, what has that gone like from your perspective? Yeah, I, I think things are a lot smoother um, with that this year. Um, yeah, the other day we actually um, – we usually do a four by mile um, repeat workout at Roy's on Wednesdays, um, and Coach actually had Victor, Sam, and I do um, two reps with the uh, top women's group, and then do our four by mile. So, yeah, it was super fun, like getting to work out with the uh, women's team, get some insight into what their workout and group dynamic is like, and um, yeah, I, I think the teams are super cohesive right now. I mean, we're we're running with them every uh, Thursday for our community run. Um, yeah, I would just say overall, uh, you know, last year was a little bit trickier because the teams had been separate for so long, but this year it's kind of like it's always been this way. Yeah. Excellent. You just, you said community run. That's just what it sounds like. You run through Lewis and Auburn. Yeah. So, so we just, uh, Thursday is like our, um, a lot of us will double run. So like we'll do our bigger run in the morning and then in the afternoon we'll, um, we'll do like a lift and just like a nice easy run for recovery. Um, so, yeah, for the first uh, two miles of that run, we run completely as a team and um, just talk to people we haven't got the chance to talk with. Yeah, um, run with people we don't usually run with. Yep. So, yeah, pretty fun experience. Awesome. What are your thoughts you wanted to share on, the, you know, the, the young season so far, right? I mean, this was actually your – for you, this is your first meet of the year. I know we had the class uh, wave races pr- previously, but, I mean, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far and what you're looking forward to most going forward? I'm looking forward to seeing how our freshman class develops. I mean, they're by far the strongest freshman class I've seen in my time at Bates, and I think they're going to do some pretty incredible things this season and going forward. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, Yeah. Sounds good. Ned Farrington, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. In other Bates Athletics news this week, the field hockey team fell to number three nationally ranked Babson by a count of three to two last Wednesday, and the Bobcats had their scheduled home contest with Williams on Saturday postponed to October 22nd due to the weather conditions. Despite things not going as planned, Bates moved up two spots in the national rankings to 13th in the country. Meanwhile, the soccer teams both fell to nationally ranked Williams squads on Sunday, but will get a chance to bounce back this week starting Tuesday night as the women's team visits UNE and the men's team hosts Maine Maritime Academy on Garcelon Field at 8 p.m. Find the complete athletic schedule and read all the latest news at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.